Stop! It may be that posterity, which will despise us for our blind and stupid lives, will find some road to happiness. But we, you and I, but have one hope. The hope that we may be visited by visions, perhaps by pleasant ones, as we lie resting in our graves. <laughs> yes, brother, there were only two respectable, intelligent men in this country, you and I. Ten years or so of this life of ours, this <laughs> miserable life, have sucked us under and we have become as contemptible and petty as the rest. But don't try and talk me out of my purpose. Give me what you took from me, will you? The theater, the theater. Theater. To be or not to be. Theater. Theater. Hey guys, welcome back to Theater Theater, the Theater Theater podcast for theater theater people made by three theater theater nerds from the LA theater theater scene. Now, this is part two and the final episode of our mini-series on Anton Chekhov entitled Uncle Padia. Enjoy. Sherry or Shard? Now, I want to begin this discussion by saying uh, I saw... It was the worst... Sherry or Shard. It was the worst lay I had in college. Yeah, she was a terrible person, uh, bullied me all my life, Sherry O'Shard, um, a terrible stand-up comedian. Um, but she is one of those that, again, I've seen a few times, and specifically I saw this one time in the basement of a church, as you do when you live in the Midwest. A lot of theaters rent out, yeah, a lot of uh, theaters rent out, like, church basements and stuff, which I love, especially when they do, like, really irreverent stuff. I'm like, yes, you're in a church right now. But they... Did Cherry Orchard, and I only saw it because one of my teachers was in it, playing okay. Anya. Okay. And I was like, okay, like, let's go see this. Uh, and we got a group together, and we went. Not only did it, I can't speak too much. Not only did it make me lose all respect for that teacher. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, <laughs> oh no. But it also might have been one of my least favorite productions I've ever seen of anything. Oh ever. no. So Cherry Orchard had a bad taste in my mouth as I went in. I was like, this is going to be pure boredom. Boredom on boredom. It's Tsarist Russia Seinfeld. On boredom. Yeah, it's a show about nothing. A little <laughs> bit. Um, but, but on reread, it had some moments that caught me. But I'm going to say this, spoiler alert, uh, I don't like this play. Wow. I don't like it. Uh, I will boring. tell you one thing that will automatically make you like it. The LA yeah. Theater Works version, Dunyasha, was played by Jennifer Tilly. Oh. And if there is, if there is any That's voice hilarious. that I immediately know. Yeah, Tilly, all day. Oh, God, she was fucking great. That's in hilarious. Too. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Wait, what did she, she play? That. Lovely in it. She played Dunyasha cool the maid that's like hey i'm getting mm. married and the the daughter's like but oh, with wait, jennifer tilly's can you make voice. me some tea <laughs> yeah but like i can't do it she's, got a uh, great she's voice. so good she's yeah. so good here's here before we get too deep in it let me tell you why like it's not one of my like ultimates it to me i'm i'm i have a problem with like legacy plays I, I just don't really give a fuck about like legacy and like property and all that like i don't care about blanche's home in streetcar like i don't care about 
uh, people might losing their gold. house. No, Blanche. <laughs> Not Sorry. that Blanche, okay? No, I just, I don't, I don't, um, if these walls could talk bullshit, I just don't care because, one, I, like, moved a few times as a kid, and so I, I don't know that there's, like, a house in my family that I'm like, yes, this, this property, that means so much to us. You know, like, I just don't right. have that. So I have, like, trouble with that. It's not always a firm narrative to me, but... There are some thematic things in here that I really grasped onto that I enjoy. Um, I just don't give a fuck about like the 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 vehicle that it's all riding on. That's my mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. No, I I think it embraces the whole Russian thing of like what will be will be, and there's nothing you can do to change that. Is kind sure. of like the feeling I got from this. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I I think it's his most political play. I think that he's smelling the revolution in the air, like I said, 13 years beforehand. So this is done in January of 1904, so right before he died. Yeah, this is his last. Was it even, was it being produced as he passed? Had it already been produced? It had already been produced because there was a famous rift. Gotcha. He dies, like, it's it's up and running before he he dies. But it's the famous rift that he has with Stanislavski. Because he thought it was a comedy. Right, right. Chekhov right, thinks this right. is a comedy, and Stanislavski plays it as a tragedy. Just- In my translation, at the beginning, there's a note that's like, this is a farce. Yeah, huh. like, yeah. It's, it's, restoration. It's, Let's do it, it like it restoration. It does not say this is a farce. It says notes of farce. And I'm hmm. like, in in terms of my definition, no. I would say Siegel has moments of it. This does not to me. This I oh, don't I, feel I think for me it does if it's played right. I watched the gotcha. um, the Judy Dench version, which is from like nineteen eighty one or something. Um, uh, let me. It's actually like let me double check that because what's really interesting about that is that she played it. Yeah, it's eighty two because in sixty um, two. She played Anya right. at RSC yes. at Royal Shakespeare Fest. Twenty years later, she does the BBC movie as Renevskaya uh, or whatever. Lubov, I just call her Lubov. Yep. Uh, yeah. Lubov. So, so one of the stories I wanted to tell years ago, uh, when Sacred Fools in Los Angeles was over on Heliotrope, the cockroach. Days. Yeah, this weird dude showed up. He was like a kid. I don't. I can't remember the whole thing. I was fucked up. And this kid just was trying to engage me. He had seen me do something and he wanted to talk about theater and like, I'm, and I was just wasted. And so I just started making up Chekhovian names, like, oh, you know, and she, he was like, yep, <laughs> yep. I know exactly who you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about, dipshit. But anyways, some, some of these names are like. You sound like a great mentor to all the youth. I of was hammered. It's like you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yes, I know him. Yeah, you're... oh my god, I love him. But I think yeah, that. Same. So I think that the funnier that it's played, then the better. We're, first of all, I think it is the most brutal, heartbreaking, hilarious endings to a play ever. That after all that fucking sure. chaos and they've sold the shit and they're packing yeah. everything up and everybody splits and then old fierce 
just left just alone. Left alone comes oh, walking, it's so and then delivers that speech, and it's so profound and so sad, and also it's hilarious. And nobody and hears nobody it. Hears it yeah. and then he's dead. I did see a production where that left me feeling. Oh good yeah, it know. was. Uh, it was at. Um, uh, oh shit. Oh, oh! It was at the um, Coterie in Kansas City, which I, is a phenomenal uh, theater uh, in KC. And the, the whole production, I was sitting there rolling my eyes, going, "I don't know that they get this. This is boring. Let's get to it." And then, but he kept having his moments because he does the manservant, right? What's his name? Fears? Is that his yeah. name? Like has some moments where you're he gets to be a little funny or like gets like his little kind of whatever, but nothing really matters till the end and then he has that monologue and i was like oh that was all worth yeah, it that, yeah that 245 you know clock in before that was worth <laughs> it as long as you stick the landing man but yeah like, because we we start to see in 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 especially in in trofimov we start to see the intellectuals talking about you know the the marxist ideas and and bolshevik ideas that are going to come to yeah. pass and so that's yeah. interesting. What I've never understood is Lopakins and and what's her name sniffing each other's butts for two hours, and then nothing comes of it. All he can do is moo at her, and that breaks my heart. Shit's like hot. it's pretty hot, but it, that breaks my oh. heart. Like why? This was this was something that Larry Schmidt and I talked about today, and I think it's it is a character that you can look for in every single one of Chekhov's plays, and he is the one in this one. Is the idea of the superfluous man? He for is, sure. He is completely ineffective. He is the man in the play that has all these words, and he is completely ineffective. Who Lubakiv? Is he's the one? He's. He's the one that's supposed to propose, and then it just never happens. Yeah, but he—I mean, but he ends up—he ends up buying the goddamn cherry orchard, like he's right. But he—but yeah. narratively, yes. But he himself, as a character, is a piece of paper, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's like a kind of two-dimensional, and then by the, comparatively to a lot of Chekhovian things, and then he's static as well. He's kind of the same from the beginning oh, to see, the end. See, I think that I think he's really one of the most interesting because. He distinctly, he's his, he is Chekhov's grandfather. He, he was the mm. serf mm. that ended up rising to a position of power and wealth. And sure, you I know, can see that. I mean, I think that classically well, he, he kind of symbolizes, yeah, like the working class coming up. Okay, so maybe I was wrong on that, but superfluous. Super, I'm not wrong no, on it, though. <laughs> there's, well, I mean, but so many of those other characters in the play, like, well, then you get, fucking um uh what's the fucking character fucking oh uh, uh, uh fuck yeah, of it <laughs> fuck of each fuck uh, of who's the clerk who pulls out the pistol and then never uses the pistol fucking check off you right. motherfucker you son of a bitch you and your, <laughs> gun, your fucking off. gun um i'm never going to use it um by the way, in the Judy Dench version, that guy is played by what's his name? Um, fuck, uh, from Harry Potter, who plays the little fucking weasel dude. And he ends up, he's got a great oh rat. oh yeah, he's, he's in the everything. Rat. He's, he's also in series of unfortunate yeah, events. Yeah, he's, he's he's phenomenal. He was in a Wormtail. Movie. Wormtail. Yeah, Wormtail. He 
He was in a movie years ago as like a painter as well. He's phenomenal. What is oh, his name? On. He's been all I'm over the place. Fucking I'm Google doing it. it. Um, look that up because he's he's fucking great. It this you know another thing that clicks with me with this this show is um, you know memory, right? It's a oh, lot yeah. about memory, especially that he's at the idealizing end of his life the past. And, yeah, and this idea of like what you know nostalgia plus trauma you want to forget like it's like i want to keep like you know some the greatest time of my life also the worst thing happened to me kind of thing right it's like right it's like i want to remember it all but i want to push away this one little segment and that's what a lot of like especially you know the what's her, the uh, did you find it i'm Who looking it up Who it's it's like i'm Alexa, he's so good anyway um do you not have an Alexa? You just yelled that for no reason. I do. She's just in the other room. Oh, she's just a bitch not answering it. She is a Timothy I say that word. I should say bitch. Timothy Spall is yeah, his name. Yeah, he's Ball. even got like a weasely name, Spall. And he, oh, he, he's so good. He has an amazing, an amazing career. We should all be so lucky. And yeah, he's also lost. Freaking the Beatles. He's, he's the Beatle in Sweeney yes. Todd. And he's he's, he's phenomenal. Also lost a shitload of weight over the past few years. He looks great. Hey. He looks great. Um. Yeah, he does that. He, he, right, he, he does a he does a series good? of um, Mike Lee movies. You know, Mike Lee does all those uh, improvised films. Right. Um, where he's yes. he's fucking great. Timothy Spall. Yeah. And what was the fucking? You're absolutely right. What was that painter one that he did? I can't remember, and but it was he phenomenal. Won, he got so much praise for that, and I was. He got a Golden Globe and like an Oscar nom. He's I, fine. What? Yeah. No, he's, he's great. Fine. He's great. <laughs> I know, You're crazy. What a character role in Harry Potter. What a crazy, insane role he's to so play. Good. He takes that thing so seriously. Oh, yeah. There's the, that scene where he first comes out of being a rat and he's still and he's like still a rat. And he's like trying not to be, but also yeah. trying to be at the same time. It's the uh, coolest. now I'm gonna watch how smart that's also the best i mean sorry the best directed of all of them is the curan um prisoner of Thank azkaban you. the direction of it's that it's not my oh, favorite it's no, oh it's actually not my favorite of the films it is it's just uh, the best one prince is my favorite but it's the best mine is Order one. phoenix no whatever we'll talk about it later here's <laughs> the <laughs> you're absolutely insane um uh, <laughs> but like but like it 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 stumbles and smears. Half Blood Prince is the best movie. Don't at me. Um, here's the thing. The best made movie though is Azkaban. Curon yes, fucking nailed yeah. that shit and every performance in it from the fucking extras to Timothy Spall to Helena Bonham fucking Carter. It, they're all <sighs> next level. Brilliant. She's great in The Crown. Bailey, have you watched The Crown yet? You know what? That's a that's another uh, blind spot for me. That's my next one because I'm a huge Olivia Coleman fan. I feel oh. like I gotta get on it. Yeah, I gotta get on it. But uh, but what's her name? The first two seasons are amazing with yeah. uh, Claire Foy. I just oh god, now I want to rewatch it for the fifth time now. Well, The Crown's great. I have something watch interesting after to you say. watch Chernobyl. Uh, Chernobyl. Yes. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, cherry trees are often seen as symbols of sadness or regret. By the way, if you cut out our discussion of Harry Potter, yeah. Scott, I'm going to uh, sue you for defamation I'm not, of I'm not cutting nothing. Oh, fuck you, J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah, fuck that turf. Oh, um, yeah, also, we didn't even talk uh, about that. Yeah, so fuck awesome. her. Uh, cancel the art is not the art. I've said it a hundred times. But say your last thing about Sharia Shard because she's a... Oh, God, I hate her. 
I just had a couple quotes on it that I liked because I have to say this was the first one that I listened to and this was at the point where I was like, I just don't want to, I don't even want to fucking do Chekhov. Fuck this place. <laughs> They're all fucking boring. I don't Yo, care about all these rich fucking people. Fuck all of them. And then I listened to this and then like my first several notes that I wrote down were, was like, rich people are the worst. Who fucking cares? Russian Seinfeld. And then um, <laughs> they got to the the act where they're kind of they're at the party the whole yeah. time, and they're figuring out what's going on and and what's going to happen. Um, I got two quotes from that that I loved. One of them was that I thought encapsulated this play really was our fine conversations are only diversions that keep us from attacking the real problems, <gasps> which I which I thought really like pertains to today as well and then the yes. other one that i loved the chick that played um Renovskaya, the mom yeah she was so who was it uh it was it was marcia mason um she hmm. so she has the whole speech where she's talking about maybe i'll go back to paris he's written me a note uh, her lover he's written me a note and he's sorry and he's not well and i'm gonna go back and take care of him and even though no one is objecting with her you can see like she was so good at it oh it's um, the woman from the goodbye girl yeah yes uh, so, she's phenomenal okay sorry, but she has this whole speech where it's like it's it's almost like you're sitting with your girlfriends and they're saying, "Yeah, but you shouldn't get back with him because he cheated on you in A, B, C, and D." But no one's telling her that. She's doing it to herself in her head, mm. and she has this great part. And it seems so not Chekhov to me anyway. But she starts getting really emotional and kind of raising her voice in the speech. And she says, uh, "He's a millstone around my neck, and he's taking me straight to the bottom." But I love my millstone, and I was like, "Girl, I have been there before." <laughs> but and I just—it was just so. She was she was my favorite part of that. Something other you than just Jennifer said, Tony. though, I think that's very Chekhovian. I think the 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 pent up emotion that then lets itself out is is all Chekhovian, right? Yeah, that's... I guess it just doesn't sound like you're sitting on a couch discussing the trees outside. A couple of really great quotes, though. Um, a hungry dog believes in nothing but meat. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. True. I feel like I've heard that similar thought in different quotations throughout literature, literature, but it like, it always hits yeah. home. You know, it's like, yeah, yep. I get that. I know what you're And mean. then um, the other line is, uh, God, I know. Going to see plays isn't yeah, what you I people know. should do. Try looking at yourselves a little more often and see what gray lives you all lead. How much of <laughs> how much of what you what a good burn. how much of what you say is unnecessary? Well, <laughs> it's like, it's like right it gets, to me. Well, that's that's no, what's trippy. Speaking is, to all of the theater is community, when he, gets, when he gets into fucking a little bit of meta before we yeah. know what meta is, like his commentary on yeah. shit. Well, and Siegel is is like. Oh, yeah meta soups meta so this is like him sort of nodding back to it i love that i think it's well, great yeah let me throw out a couple of uh exciting performances okay uh broadway 1976 meryl streep plays the maid dunyat mm. jesus fucking christ no big deal with irene War worth as Renevskaya. um that was nominated for five tony awards it took home only best costume and best lighting huh. that's still cool yeah. Uh, and then it Tony's also has Diane Lane in it. Diane Lane at the time being like a child. She was oh, like yeah. super. Yeah, we forget that she was a kid um, star. Right. And then she showed back up in the 2016 roundabout. I meant to ask you, CJ, to ask. When I, I asked Larry about it. What Larry. I don't understand is these names 
that are absurd. They're absurd for us Americans to try and process that aren't even referred to in the play themselves and indeed are listed as something they're they're either called something else entirely for sure by other the characters way or they're listed as something else. So when I was reading The Cherry Orchard, it's she's listed yeah. as Lubov, L U B O V. Yeah. Right. But when you look on and any number of other translations, there's an L-Y-U-B-O-V, Lyubov. And then there's the whole rest of her fucking name, which isn't even ever used in the play. So um, what, well, what's and the then deal I with have, names? Like, is there something? I, what is the deal? What's the deal? Well, so like in my translation, names? what's the deal with all these? I had this, uh, I, my translation, her name is Luba Renevsky. Yeah. Okay. But then when I was doing all my research and like the Meryl Streep thing that I found and all that, it all says Renevskaya. Yes. Yes. Uh Now, what I think is happening is Americanization in my translation, right? Like, hey, it's the guy from Philadelphia. Um, But I think what uh, what I the way it was explained to me, and maybe CJ has a better answer to this. The way it was explained to me in college was that that's the system is that everybody has their full given like intense yeah name. blah blah son and of blah blah, have, blah is what it right means. exactly and then you have right because there's even like Chekhov's nieces and nephews all have like Tschekhovawa and stuff like like there's all these so beginnings wow. and endings no it is like they're they have these weird long last names because it's like daughter of Chekhov and or niece of Chek you know like that's how your last name comes about so you can end up with these really long names because of how it all adds together right but then you also have your name that you go by but then you which like Constantine Treplev right but then you also have like your name that close people call you so like Siegel is the best example his name is Constantine something something Treplev but then they call him Kostya mm-hmm. which is not doesn't even really make sense out of Constantine, right? So it's sort of like calling Ignacio Nacho, like right? It's just sort of like let's like just make up a nickname cheese. out of that. Nacho cheese, it's my cheese. So no, I, I just want think, nachos. I oh god, I made nachos for lunch today. They're so <laughs> what what the 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 key is you got to get uh first of all you got to cook onions in your meat. That's like oh, part of it. If you're if you're doing nachos. the meat, but the but the the other thing is you got to get the fresh cilantro, okay, and salsa. So I do green cilantro salsa on top. Cilantro is the cilantro. I love cilantro. You probably have the 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 gene where it tastes like soap to you. I totally understand, but it's fucking no, delicious. I don't. I don't. I don't hate too much cilantro. Of it. I don't know why I said that. But here's the thing. I, I love it. I put shit tons of it. I put handfuls of it on. And then and then you do a little green salsa, and then you got to use raw cheddar. All right? You got to use pasture-raised raw cheddar cheese. It fuck, it's fucking delicious. Here's the thing. Nachos. All right? Uh, Chernobyl. Kostya. Um, I think... I think that's to, so. That's my understanding of the name situation. Also, that's my uh, nacho uh, ingredient list. Go ahead. I can ask Larry specifically, but I yeah, I seem to vaguely remember. It's like it tells you who they came from and where they came from and stuff. Yeah. The only other production that I think is worth bringing up is the 2009 Tom Stoppard version, where he fully adapted it, like not a translation, full adapt adaptation. Oh wow! At BAM with. It was a partnership of the old Vic, Neil Street, and Bam. And it's directed by none other than the one and only incredible Academy Award winning. 
All right. Sam Mendes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, and it starred Simon Russell Beale, mm. Sinead Cusack, who they brought back, Rebecca mm. Hall, and then uh, Ethan Hawke. Ooh, all right. I hear he's great live. I uh, saw I him do Buried Child. I've heard that. Uh, at Steppenwolf. Oh, cool. And he was fucking great. Yeah, really? I yeah, I mean. As the yeah, guy. Yeah, as, as the son. Yeah, that's a great role for yeah. him, man. And it was um, that's... the guy playing uh, the old man, uh, what's his name, uh, was uh, the coach from Minor League. And you for uh, oh shit fucking insane he was wait minor league or major league oh major league yeah yeah right guys major league let's talk about this the major league cinematic (laughs) universe the mlcu um is one of my favorites major league one and two are both great Um, behringer can we talk about it behringer fucking yeah man he's got a wild thing in the second one he comes back and he's got to put his glasses Mm -hmm. back on Charlie he has Sheen. to put his Charlie glasses Sheen. back on. Talk about a denouement. Yes, I just, I can't. <sighs> I've worked with Charlie I'm, Sheen. I'm hung, rewatch him, guys. With Charlie Sheen. Really? You worked with the Char? Yeah. With yeah. the Sheener? Yeah. Well, when? I'll tell you about. <laughs> I like yeah. Denise Richards in Beverly Hills. No, 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 I did a, I, it's a hilarious story, but it's cool. I love he and Denise Richards in their one scene together in Scary Movie 3 where she's pinned against the car and she's dying and he's like, okay, but do you think... I could keep your bottom half. And she's like, what? And he's like, I'm just wondering, like, is it still functional? It's really funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Uncle Banya. Yes! Um, I have Sharia to move short. an enormous cat off my notes now. Come on. It sounded like that was a euphemism for taking a shit for a second. Like, I have to move an enormous cat out of my lap right now. <laughs> you got a it big... <laughs> Sorry, I just choked you, you on gotta, my stoli. You got to <laughs> deal with your big pussy? I just joked on my story. <laughs> yes, I'm ignoring that, Scott. Yeah, me too. <laughs> vulgar. What? what? Gross. How am I the vulgar Gross. one? I have a lot. Vulgar. We, we need to spend some time on Vanya because I have lots to say about that because I Let's watched talk a about Vanya. movie. The only thing I knew about Vanya for a little context on me, like truly before I read this again, was that I directed a scene. For, I had never seen it. I read it in college and I directed a scene from it. Uh, in a directing class and I was as like uh, everyone had to direct the same scene and see like what you did with it and uh, I just remember being like sure I get it great okay Vanya whatever and on reread uh, I like it it's my favorite one and it I I think it's fucking beautiful I think it's beautiful because it's 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 it's, so he after this one he then he so he does this one before he does Cherry Orchard or Three Sisters, which have too many characters to juggle sometimes. I think that was my problem yeah. with it. Vanya, it just... Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm interested to talk, to, to talk about the, the women characters and as CJ, your, your feelings about them as well. But I also thought that they were just... I have feelings. I, I, I'm sure. First of all, <laughs> it almost just barely doesn't pass the Bechtel test in 1898. So I just want to say that. I find that the scene between uh, Yelena and Sonia at the end of Act Two or the first half, yeah, is where they kind of make amends. Are you saying it does pass the no, Bechdel it doesn't, test? No, it doesn't. It doesn't quite. It starts out and goes for a little bit, gotcha, and then gotcha. she she brings up. Um, and then she's again. Yeah, so it, so it, it ends up the conversation ends up being about Yelena's husband and Sonia's gotcha. father. Okay. But it, the way that it starts is which is. 
I was like, oh. Shout out to uh, the Bechtel cast, by the way. If anybody needs a good podcast to listen to about movies uh, from the lens of feminism, the Bechtel cast is super good. That's got one of those gals is always on Behind the Bastards. Yes, correct. Yes. She's Um, great. She's fucking great. But like, um, like the movie, The Big Chill, you see Lawrence Kasdan play it out. It's like, oh, it's late at night. It's in the kitchen table. It's like in the kitchen. Somebody's gotten up. Another kind of hangout. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, in a weird way. It is in a weird way because it's more about the the relationships than the totally. You know. Um, but I I I I I would love Vanya. I would I want to play Uncle Vanya. I want to play Astrov. I think that, and Astrov ends up being this. Well, it's it's you can hear Chekhov's voice in it that it's him. You know. Absolutely. He talks about yeah, he's talking about ecology, you know, again in 1898, talking Oh my god, talking about global warming. Oh yeah. Like I'm just like, Jesus Christ, they were talking about this shit. It's like, yeah, if we don't do this, then then all this land becomes useless for everything's gonna be gone in 50 years. um, But I think I think act two might be one of the greatest units of drama in all of history. Like the way that it starts out with with sure. Elena and um, no, he fucking uh, Serbryakov, Serbryakov, her, her husband, husband. Alexander, uh, and then it the sways, and then and then Vanya comes in, and then Astrov comes in, and then Sonia comes in, and Elena comes in. I had a an acting coach who called them yin yang scenes, which is kind of Meisner esque, you know, the idea that you walk into the sure. room. You want something that the other character has and that it's all just every single fucking moment is loaded between these two people. Either somebody's in love with somebody or at least in lust with them. They think that they're in love with them. But somebody's kind of playing around. I think that Yelena ends up playing playing out extraordinarily well. And man, rewatching Vanya on 42nd Street. Good adaptation. Such a good adaptation. Excellent adaptation. Wallace Shawn. But Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore yeah. nails that character in ways because what is she in a way that I wasn't reading or at expecting all it. at all. And yeah. that goes back to another note that I had seen on some YouTube thing. And that an, that an acting teacher told me about dealing with, with Chekhov and, and it, the same applies to Ibsen as well, that you're also dealing with manners in a way that, yeah. that, that we don't understand anymore that over the past 15, 20 years of the new century in America, these manners have gone away. And that every sure. scene, and you watch Julianne Moore play this, every scene she is polite and nice as can be. Everybody is as polite and as nice as can be, even if they're delivering horrible fucking truths because they're right. playing the manner. And it's that whole, mm, it, another Meisner thing, the idea of, of playing the positive always playing the positive. And for years I was like, what does that fucking mean? Yeah, Vanya is my favorite. CJ- Out of all of them, Vanya is the one I know the best because this was the one that my sophomore year I the Yelena Sonia scene where uh, Sonia says, hey, by the way, I'm kind of in love with Astrov. Like, and they make up. That was the scene that I did for sophomore acting. Mm, mm. So it's a good the, scene. Yeah, it's a fucking great scene. It's a fucking great scene. And like most of the things that I did in college, I would love to give it another shot now because I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. 
Mm. So, and especially- Which part were you playing? I was playing Yelena, which then mm. watching like a year later, we watched uh, Vanya on 42nd Street, which I know we're going to discuss some more. Um, mm -hmm. I remember seeing that and thinking like, I just felt so flattered that I was playing Julianne Moore's part. <laughs> <laughs> she was yeah. so smoking. Yeah. She was so smoking back then. 94 that came out. 94, yeah. 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 Uh, at the Crazy. New Amsterdam Theater. I did look that up. Had she no. been um, uh, around by then? Like when, yeah, when did Julianne Moore's kind of kick off? Uh, early 90s. She had done Short Circuit by, uh, not Short uh, Circuit. Um, Johnny Five? Um, shortcuts. No, oh, yeah, no, no. Shortcuts. She did Shortcuts with Robert Altman by then, which I think was her first film. Hmm. She'd done a couple other things, She, but she'd, she'd been hitting it by that point. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I don't think she she wasn't Julianne Moore, quote end quote yet. Right. Uh, her um, best performance, in my opinion, uh, only barely above Boogie Nights is uh, is uh, Children of Men, which she actually is only in great. for like a small amount of time. Uh, but she's phenomenal in it. Yeah. I anyway. love her in Mag. I love her in Magnolia. Oh, Magnolia too. Yeah, she's great in that. I think the thing that struck me the most between the two, I have so many quotes from Vanya on 42nd Street, because of course it's a little bit more um, modernized. So the quotes hit you a little bit harder, but like, yeah. I think the thing that hit me the most between the two plays was, again, listen to the LA Theater Works version of Uncle Vanya. And I remember thinking, um, I don't know how lovable a character Uncle Vanya is because I sat there and listened to that whole play and was like, God, would everyone fucking get off of Yelena? Like, because in that, <laughs> because in that, I mean, and this is completely different from how Julianne Moore did it. And I remember when I saw it years ago, her performance struck me so hard because the gal in LA Theater Works, and I have it pulled up about who that is, she is, she is tired of it. She's sick of all this shit. And she she says no to everyone flat out that hits on her vanya mm -hmm, and astrov mm -hmm. alike uh yelena holly fane i don't know who that is no, um familiar and then but in vanya on 42nd street it's very gray it's she says no but it's with a smile on her face or with it's with a laugh and you can actually kind of tell like from the beginning of that production she really kind of enjoys Vanya's company and you can tell that she's really hot for Astrov at the beginning of that. So mm. I just got Vanya on 42nd street. I, I have a lot to say about it. There's a lot of quotes in it that I love, but um, that turned me on to uncle Vanya more than I felt after I listened to the reading of it. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, I think, well, the whole, and the whole story behind that, production that that had been years of them working together years of them just coming together and voluntarily rehearsing that before it became a thing really? before it became a That's performance so cool. yeah they spent like wow. i think it was like three or four years is what i read no shit. wow yeah cool. so they and how and very moscow art theater of them <laughs> very and and i think that i you know there, there are moments in it that there that still strike me as not fully working, but being bold enough that it carries it through. And I think that one of her choices is that she's just bored. And she says she doesn't, it's not that she doesn't love her husband. Mm -hmm. Right. I think she's fucking bored. Well, they're all bored. These, that, you know, that's 
part kind and, of the and, best part of the whole thing is that they're the whole play is about lethargy, right? It's like yes. about boredom and oh, regret yeah. over your unsatisfactory life. Like it's like the whole thing is just sort of like, oh man, I'm old. Oh man, I'm wasted you know with my talent oh man i'm i I had so many great lost loves oh man i you know like that's the whole that's the whole bit and she plays that so fucking great well i kind of also see julianne more to her yelena as more being a woman that just desperately wants to be loved by a man because again i don't hear it in the LA Theater Works version, but you see it in Vanya on 42nd Street where she wants to connect with him, with her husband, with the professor. She wants to be valued by him. And then they, I think But she's not like Olga and Three Sisters where she's like, I would marry fucking anybody. Like anyone who comes to my door, I'll fucking marry. Well, but I think I'm thinking more of the scene where um, the professor comes in and he's complaining about what pain she's in and she goes and she tries to hug him and kiss him. And then the nanny comes in and all he really wants to is be treated like a little kid and put to bed. And you can see that she's jealous because of the way the nanny is with him. Right, and she wants someone to love her, not necessarily to be married or for a man to come sweep her off her feet. She wants to be loved, and I think that's a lot of the underlying part of a lot of these characters. It's also it's kind of reminiscent of like, well, we'll get to Seagull, but um, I just he 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 taps into that a few times with a few other characters, which is great that he does that because also, like we said before. He, there's such a range of characters. You want to put them all in the box of like they're all just Chekhovian. It's like no, they're no, no. He does no, a really no, good no. job yeah. of rounding these people out, and you care yeah. about them, especially in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, the character of Sonia in this, just the whole scene with her and Yelena, and then talking about yeah. Brooke know, all, Smith yeah, played Sonia uh, in the LA theater works. No, I'm sorry. In, uh, Oh yes, Vanya yes, yes. Yeah. And she was also in silence on lambs. Yeah. Um, and, she's um, great. she's phenomenal. She's, delightful. she's great. She's been around for a while. Like yeah. she's all over the place. She's the one in the pit in silence, right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I just, I think the intimacy and the flow, the pacing of this, cause it doesn't ever feel long. I think that was sure. the other thing about co- approaching all of these Chekhov's is like, None of them were especially long. None of them broke two hours. No, no, no. You know, you cherry think of the orchard, cherry orchard. The cherry maybe. orchard film is two hours forty five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. The listening time was under two hours. I will. But say again, that. I know you that know, it's like we talked about different. this with with you know other stuff too, where it's like when you film something and you're like, let's make it cinematic. You know, it adds like a solid forty five mm-hmm, minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But Vanya was like, well, Vanya on forty second was was two hours solid with the little intro and the little flourishes right. of all the stuff that's going on, you know, around that. And yeah. I just, the deception and the, the sucking you into that at the beginning of that movie, just always. I felt it was oh, so fucking oh, meta too. Like oh, when you kind of so get brilliant. into the history of Chekhov working with Stanislavski and them doing the Moscow art theater and about how it was supposed to be real and everything was supposed to be real. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that whole opening where it's like, you're following them into the theater and Wallace Shawn is talking about what theater this is and when it closed down and why they opened it back up. It's like, to me, it's just like the ultimate meta, like realism. I just loved it. <laughs> I think this one, actually, it's funny that you mentioned Seinfeld. I think this one 
taps into the good parts of Seinfeld. <laughs> like in a weird way, like if we're comparing sure. like chick off no, to I get Seinfeld. What you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's sort of like Cherry Orchard is the bad parts of Seinfeld, the parts the the episodes that I'm just like, great, yeah, that episode. But then there's like the really brilliant bulk of Seinfeld, which is what I feel like Vanya kinda taps into. Because what's great about Chekhov and specifically in this one is that even though there's like high emotion sometimes high stakes what we're really dealing with most of the time is like trivialities mm-hmm. right is like in any given moment there's sort of a lack of like complexity it's all the plots have like neat solutions to them and it's or i mean they don't have neat solutions that's what i mean there's no neat solution it's all just sort of like we're just oh, yeah. concentrating on the trivial and it kind of makes this like haunting kind of atmosphere sometimes but it also is what gives it its poetry it's what yeah, makes us it's, kind of it's feel... what we talked about early on it doesn't yeah. he doesn't answer himself exactly he, he doesn't feel the, the questions that ending of vanya you're just like where in the hell what's that things seem to be okay maybe they're going to continue but they they can't possibly continue the same way they've right they've all been changed or but altered by this do. in some oh can i can i read one of my quotes from this yes. yeah this man who for 25 years has been reading and writing about art and in all that time has never understood anything about art has for 25 years been hashing over other people's ideas about realism, naturalism, and all that nonsense. For 25 years, he has been reading and writing about what intelligent people already know and what stupid people don't want to know, which means that for 25 years, he's been taking nothing and making nothing out of it. And with, and with it all, with what conceit, what pretension i'm like guilty as charged man <laughs> yeah absolutely like, fucking, absolutely like Chekhov loves the word pretentious by the way he uses it a lot he actually. uses, he uses it, it in seagull a couple times too referring usually to art or like one's work yeah mm-hmm. it's i love it because and it's people funny, call Chekhov I, pretentious all the time i know and he's not you no. know, there's themes that repeat. Uh, and by the way, my notes, I'm just writing. He also, every single play, he, he, he had, there's a, some, somebody at some point sit, makes a speech about work. Yeah. Work, 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 work. Like there's you, nothing else to do work, in work, 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 There's nothing else to do. When I was a kid... <laughs> And we, I know I've told Scott this, but when I was, this was my impression of Russia when I was a kid, when we were still having dinner as a family, which didn't last past my, like when I turned 10, whenever we would not eat my mother, whatever my mom made for us, my dad would say, you could live in Russia and stand in line for fish. If you don't do this thing that we tell you to do, then you'll have to go on vacation and eat delicious fresh, fresh fish on another continent. That's I, what that's I think it was also the landlocked well I mean I guess we had a little corner of Lake Michigan but it was the landlocked state thing where like if you told a kid in my area that you have to eat fish we'd be like what that sounds disgusting wow uh, well, I'm from Kansas uh, the most landlocked place on the planet and I still ate sushi all the time so no I didn't have um, sushi until I got to California okay now wait the one favorite quote that I had that was the same in Vanya on 42nd Street that it was in the L.A. Theater Works is a line that Yelena says, and it was, I am a dull, second-rate character. And it, <laughs> I, they, they translated so many of the good, like, money lines in it, but that was the one that they kept the translate, like, I just, I loved it. I, 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 I know Mammoth is problematic, and do we have Mammoth on our list? Are we doing Mammoth at yeah. any point? 
He's in there somewhere, right? Yeah. I, I do think that he absolutely succeeded in his mission in doing the translation for Vanya, Uncle Vanya, which was yeah. to, to put it in American mouths without, without doing anything weird. Like there's no weird stuff that he does with it, but it, it is distinctly American as opposed to, well, we're about to get to it. That seagull, the Tom Stoppard seagull, which was that very famous right. um, production um, in the park. Like it feels British. It yeah. feels English to me, which isn't a knock on it, but that that distinction between English and American in terms of translation. Are we done um, with Vanya? Are we? Yeah, I mean, my done with Vanya. Sort of final thing on Vanya is just I liked um, sort of the awkwardness of the seduction, and you know, it's just kind of it's great and weirdly I think erotic it, compared to his other ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. It's Uncle Vanya. Uh, there's an Annie Baker adaptation. Um, I think oh, I read yeah. that. Who just happens to be our next playwright? But we'll talk about that later. Um, so uh, let's move on to the seagull. Seagull. The seagull. The sizzle. AKA the, the mommy vigil. issues. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but also like art issues, right? Art I feel like issues. The seagull is is uh one that I has a pretty deep place in my heart as a theater artist. Um I have a really good idea for I'm not gonna talk about it on the podcast. I'll tell you guys about it off mic because I don't want anybody to fucking take it. But I have a great idea for a sort of um a uh, contemporized but more just sort of rethought out version of the seagull that I think would work really well, especially in Los Angeles. Right. Um Ooh. I love this play. Yeah. Uh, I think this is his funniest play. I think if you direct it right and you cast it right, it can be just full of of awkward moments and silliness and hilarity, especially if you're a theater lover, because that's kind of what it's about, right? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love this shit. I love this shit. My favorite line. Just to get us kicked off, since when has the exhibition of a morbid personality been a new art form? Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Historically, this is the one that kind of yeah. launched it because he he hadn't had a great experience with uh, Ivanov. Uh, he did Seagull, uh, and the first production was a disaster. Bombed, and he even so, gave he like swore that he would never write dramatically again. Not gonna do again. it again, and that's yeah. when. Uh, the Shinko brings it to the Moscow Art Theater and but everything. Changes. This is the most ironic part of all of it because of the content of this play. It's literally about new generations trying to create new forms, making new art, like changing the game, and people from the old school way of thinking being Saying like, that's trash. silly. Yeah. Who's the hero? Who do I root for? Yeah. Gun. Like they didn't understand yeah. how you were going to deal. Like they just didn't understand ensemble. They're acting. like, what are you doing? Why aren't you sticking to the Aristotle poetic patriarchal form that we all stick to? And Carol Churchill and Treplev are like, you can suck on my big fat toe. Yeah. Because yeah. who fucking dick. cares? And that's, that's what sells me completely on this show and on Treplev as a fucking character and on every adaptation of this thing. I I love this play. I love this play. I love this it's, play. Yes. And I feel a pretty deep kinship with Kostya. I think I I make a lot of art that makes people I think this podcast is the play within the play <laughs> of the seagull. Here's why. Here's my hot take. You ready for this? This is my hot take. Because I, a few episodes ago we asked the question is 
the play within the play of the seagull good is treplev's play good right that came up with um in vanya sonia masha and spike right in mm-hmm. durang they yeah. ask that question in the play like is that good my answer is yes my answer is that it is it's david lynch right it's it's this podcast it's people trying to say something and get all this stuff out there without worrying too much about like ultimate quality right it's not about like (laughs) fitting to a format it's not about giving you the most ultimate quality that you've been expecting from everything else that you consume it's like no we're david lynch we're we're treplev we're saying this is how we're doing it we're gonna say it the best we can with the with our means and if you like it great and if you don't that's okay well, no, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that it's, right. I think it's the most interesting choice because everybody thinks that he sucks. And yeah, and so when I first encountered the seagull way back when it was dealing with him as, as a failure that yeah. everybody viewed him as a failure, which is fine. But the more interesting choice, but Tregoran likes it, right? I just spent like, the whole Tregoran time comments. hating Tregoran, to be honest. <laughs> well, and well, it's interesting you say that because I don't role, hate though. him. It's a great role. And and they talk about it being Chekhov's greatest male role. Right. And I'm like, I don't think I don't agree with that. There's I Ugh. I find Astrov and, and Vanya to be far more interesting and Agreed. I find I find um I don't know. I think you could play He's interesting. He's great. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm I, if somebody would say, would you play it? I'm like, you fuck you all, you would do it. I don't I think know on I paper, like... he is less than he would be if someone really took it. I, I was going to wait to bring this up, but I did watch the 2017, uh, the Seagull movie starring With, uh, Annette, Annette Benning, Benning. Jersey Ronan, Corey Stoll, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Corey Stoll John play? Tenney. Corey is Stoll Corey... plays him. And... The thing Ooh. that I took away from, right. <laughs> and here's the thing, Corey Stoll, you know, of House of Cards fame, as well as, um, you know, oh. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, he's the bad guy hey, in Ant-Man. He can, he's, he's he, great. He he's, he's, he he's hit or miss for me. I think he's a tremendous actor. He is. And I don't think, I don't think he's used well. Here's I don't the think thing. somebody's found him. Oh, that I agree. fucking guy. Yeah, okay. he's yeah. pretty good in House of Cards. I think he does he's a really great good job. His House of Cards. character is. He's not the best villain in terms of Ant Man. So like, like he doesn't his, his it it doesn't like fully work for me. I, do, I need to see that. Fully his I need to see that. However, see let me say this: Corey Stoll takes this weird look at it, this weird take that is like, what if this guy is like so over all of that like he never he he did not mean to become what he has become in a way and is That's this how is how i took it usually are sure it's and he an and anytime somebody comes up to him and is asking him like pretentious questions or trying to talk about his art even like nina comes up and it's like i just think your your stories are so wonderful he's like thanks you know like just the way he plays it is just like okay like I don't I'm I'm trying to have a real interaction. I don't want to talk about my writing. Mm-hmm. And like it's I don't know why it like so clicked for me and maybe it's just cuz it's film, but I was like, "Oh, I like this character so much more than I ever did." And it was the first time I really got the understanding of, "Oh, maybe this is one of his more interesting characters that I hadn't felt that way before." Cuz you're right, Scott, that the, the Tennessee yeah. Williams adaptation of this play is called The Notebook of Tregoran. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like from his perspective a little more, and it's really interesting. I read it; it's fine. Um, it does put the suicide on stage, uh, which is interesting. Whoa. I don't mm. think you should do that. Um, I think it's the Grecian nature and the of of not having it on stage that makes it kind of ten times more poignant at the end. Um, oh, spoiler alert! Uh, Constantine Treplev kills himself. <laughs> you have a resume, y'all. In case you Hi. hadn't read it, um, I think that the, the way you just described that Bailey is is would be the answer for me. He's kind of over it. Yeah, the, the fame isn't isn't at all interesting to him anymore. Right. He is he's in a zone where he is obsessed with the work. And again, we have another quote in this one about work, work, right. work. But, but his stuff has become like, populist, and that's not what really he was trying to do, right? Like his and, stuff. But has he become... can't. But he and he can't break away from exactly. it because he's so into it. He's so obsessed with it. Like he he makes the speech about like, oh, I finish. I you know I I have a conversation with somebody, and all I'm thinking about through the whole conversation is that I have to go home and finish this story. Right. I have to go home and finish this. It's sort and, of like directors who get stuck making like Marvel films or like action movies, where yeah. it's like that's and then that's all they're kind of ever known for. Like um, specifically James Gunn, right? Who he has his the problems with all the things, whatever. But he does like the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, and then he does a DC movie, and then he does Brightburn, and it's like, dude, how many superhero movies are you gonna make right right like right. we don't care like and, and yeah and 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 still do them well like that's right. the other fucking thing is that you know but yeah um can we talk a little bit about the 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 stopper translation and first of all uh if you're listening to this and you're just into writing and into Chekhov and into playwriting read tom stoppard's introduction to his version of the seagull and t- and about his translation. First of all, I love that he cops to these are the four versions that I looked at because they were the ones on my fucking bookshelf. Right. <laughs> like, like I was like, yeah, I started translating it. And he's like, oh, these are the ones. Sounds like this here. podcast so, for me. So it's like I'm losing the ones. Yeah, whichever use. one I can find at the Burbank Public Library. That's what I'm reading. <laughs> but he but he talks succinctly. What's the quote? I'm sorry. I want to make sure I read it. You can't have too many quote unquote English seagulls at the intersection of, of all of them. The Russian one will be forever elusive. And I think that's the heart of, of all of us ever dealing with Chekhov. And I think that that's as artists, I think that there's, I think you do have to pay a little homage to Shakespeare and Chekhov in that you have to try and tackle it because it's almost untackleable. <laughs> like you can't. You, yeah. you can't, it's it's unwinnable. You're not going to win that game. It's like playing right. tic-tac-toe. You're never going to win it, but you have to play it. Because here, just listen to the cast of this production, which was yeah. done in the park, directed by Mike Nichols, translation by Tom Stoppard. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Arkadina is played by Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Constantine uh-huh. is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Soren is... Wait, Constantine uh-huh. is Philip uh-huh. Seymour Hoffman? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Trip, okay. Trip love. Okay. Trip love. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, it's a little. It's a. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it, it, it works. Uh, Soren is Christopher Walken. Nina is Natalie okay. Portman. Uh, John Goodman, Deborah Monk, Marcia Gay Harden, Tregorn is Kevin Klein, um, and then Mike Nichols directing. So fuck you, fuck you, world. Um, I love Mike Nichols. Um, I came up with my uh, top 10 movies of all time list the other day, which I won't bore you with right now, but it does turn out that The Birdcage is my f- favorite movie of all time. <laughs> this, yeah, this week. Turns out. This week. 
Right. Well, the rest will get jealous right. if I don't change right. it every other day. Um, <laughs> so here's this was just a thing I found in research. In Russian, unhappy is the same word as unlucky. Oh. And I think that because she they they talk they talk so much about fate. Um, and I'm wondering how much gets confused with look at how fucking sad I am with as opposed to how unfortunate I feel. There's a different yeah. feeling. And that's the same with the articles and stuff, right? Like I said, the, the Michael Frayn adaptation uses I am the seagull. Right. Others use I am a seagull. And and the differentiation is I am a seagull, like we've talked about three other times in this play and how this is the meaning of seagulls, right? Or it's I am the seagull. I am the seagull from your play specifically. Well, I, I relate to that seagull. That is that is the hero I latched onto in the non-narrative piece that you made when they all said, where's the hero? Where's the person to like? Where's the, the seagull is me. I love the seagull. And I'm like, I kind of like that better. I, uh, Stoppard comments on it. He says, what fucking seagull? They're, n- <laughs> they're near a lake. The seagull right, isn't, right. isn't what isn't. Well, I know. I was saying that the he's whole like, it's fucking not at all. time he's like, myself. The, the word gets lost in the translation. But when do they ever see a seagull? They see a gull. They see birds, but and then right. she. It's a drunk seagull just, that flew they, in. Like, right, just right, right. Um, it's the one Little Mermaid that's right. Fucking- <laughs> it's the yeah, one local exactly. drunk seagull. Um, and then I just love the quote: uh, "We should show life neither as it is nor as it should be, but as we see it in our dreams." Right, because that. What else is there? Uh, I mean, that's that's what theater is. That's what. What's the point of making theater or film if it's not to replicate something that we can't replicate on the daily you know i don't want to go see perfect naturalism every time because then sometimes i'm like well that's my day <laughs> it's called I a document it's, <laughs> it's called a fucking documentary it's called a it's called a documentary and i can it's also called life and i can just live it but like he he is tapping into that thing that is there's a dream state to it all because we don't really just sit there and have that conversation it's means something else. There's there's something below everything that we're saying, and that's what he's doing. It's good. I like him. Um, he's fine. <laughs> uh, no, he's great, and I'm father of modernism. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. No, no biggie. <laughs> whatever. CJ, give us your one final thought about Siegel, and then you're done. I spent <laughs> no more. I uh, the main thing I wrote down at the end of this play was men are garbage, and I just Aww. spent. I just spent, not you You guys. say that every day. Please don't yeah. take that personally. I just spent this, I spent this whole play feeling bad for the women one way or another. I did. <laughs> That's all. For especially both of them? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, the mom, I guess I feel about, I feel bad for the women and their relation for Tregoran. I feel bad for Masha. Nina, right? No, Masha. I feel bad for Masha. I feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad for Arkadina. She. No, I don't either. Could cost. So all that to say about the seagull, uh, men suck, and... What? Uh, no, I... This isn't... What? No, that's I what, think he's... That's the final say, right? That's what well, we got with. Bailey is poking the seagull. No, I'm not trying to. I hate men just as much <laughs> as anybody. To. I think men are I the worst. Are. I don't get along with men very well. It's not a thing I do. Really? It's not a thing I do. Um, but here's the deal. 
Uh, let's get our final thoughts out on Seagull real quick. There's a Stupid Fucking Bird, which is a great show. Oh yeah, guys, Stupid Fucking Bird. For, yeah, absolutely. Stupid Fucking Bird is amazing. It kind of riff uh, joke on the Seagull, but it's fucking incredible. The Notebook of Tregoran by Williams, and then um, in 2004, Regina Taylor wrote. Uh, this thing called The Drowning Crow, which is an all-black production of it, which I knew nothing about, oh, and I want to find that, Yeah, I, I, I had heard of that. Yeah. Mm. Sounds I interesting. I would love to anyway, see um, did you guys read anything else that is uh, by Chekhov? Short stories, other plays, anything like that? Quick words on that before we get to our ending. I listened to um, a short set of short stories as read by oh, Stephen oh, Fry. Oh. It was delightful. Um the the one thing that I love that Larry actually said about the short stories is is the plays are the skeletons and then the short stories are the view into his mm. plays, which was I wish I'd heard that before I'd listened to him. Interesting. Uh, two that y'all should check out. They're literally ten minutes long. The first one was an Avenger, and I feel like it is the short story that was written was about it Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was Vision. Iron Man. Um, no. Oh, the Hulk, the Incredible uh, Hulk, Captain America. Cap? Cap. Was it Ant-Man? We talked about Ant-Man earlier. Was it Ant-Man himself? Oh, was it, was it Black Widow? She's Russian. Ah, it was Black Widow. It had to be Black CJ Widow. CJ hates us right Got now. Got it. <laughs> That's all the time oh, we have shit. for now, guys. Oh, no. Bye. Um, an Avenger. No, an Avenger. Which I one? feel like it is a short story that is written by, written about Chekhov's gun. Uh, read it. I'm not going to tell you anything. But it's it's actually I was laughing out loud. It was quite an enjoyable little story. And then the other one was Misery. Um, it is a short story about a man who has just lost his son and he's at work and all he wants to do is talk to somebody about it. Interesting. And it's it I think it encapsulates the whole Russian idea of like because he goes throughout the whole story and everyone's like, Yeah, 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 okay, your son died. Get yeah. to work. Um, and it encapsulates the whole Russian thing of like shit happens get to chernobyl work. so jesus christ yeah, chernobyl everyone needs to go see chernobyl but those uh stephen fry he read seven short stories they were a lot of fun the the class that i took the literature class i took on, on him in college was the the professor basically going the plays pff, the plays suck and i'm like that's why i'm here uh, yeah <laughs> and, and so we, we read several of the the, the, the short stories that's, that's why, why i'm here uh, that's the I mean, point he, he wasn't that dismissive of him but uh let me hear some rankings guys i want to hear your rankings uh and then dream rolls or whatever you got uh first let me hear three two one of four, the ones that we read four three two one five four three two one okay i can give you three two one I'm give going me four now. give me all four because we'd read four okay four cherry orchard Three, uh, seagull. Two, three sisters. One, Uncle Interesting. Banya. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. we have some similarities. Similarities. Uh, what are your dream roles there? Dream roles. I have them written down. Um, I would love to play Irina mm -hmm. in the yeah. seagull. Um, I would just love another shot at Yelena. Oh, you'd in be Uncle so Banya, good. I think I you'd feel... be great. I be fun. I feel at this point I'm too old for her, and I'm also too old for Sonia. But I feel like I'm more. I'll of a direct. Sonia. Scott can be Pavlovich, and we'll <laughs> fucking we'll do it. It'll be great. Um, and then uh, uh, Renevsky in Cherry Orchard, and it's just it's simply the actress in LA Theater Works that made me want to give that <laughs> nice. one a shot. Uh, Scotty, um, let's see. Uh, four is Three Sisters. Okay. Uh, three is Cherry Orchard. Okay. Two is Seagull. And one mm -hmm. is Uncle Vanya. Dream nice. roles: Uncle Vanya and and 
Dr. Astorov. I, I yeah. would love to. I want to do both mm. of those. I want to do both of those in the same production. I want to do in the most paint half of my face one the most masturbatory thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and then um, uh, 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 Lopakin, I, I just, Ooh, yeah. I, I just think that character's fascinating because I think it's, it's nothing but a trap. You could, most people play him as an asshole. And I don't think he's an asshole. I think he's just, he's he he can, he's just doing his thing. I, I think that he's he's enjoying life, and part of his enjoyment of life is, oh, I can help these people out, and I can have this badass cherry orchard so yeah uh, that's all what about <laughs> you brother uh let's see uh my number four is i went back and forth on this mm. i think number four is gonna have to be cherry orchard mm. mm-hmm. i think number four is cherry orchard three sisters number three mm-hmm. uncle vanya number two mm. the seagull Ooh. number mm. one now I think, Blasphemy. yeah, you know, the seagull has a place in my heart. It's also this movie kind of double sold it for mm. me. I think you guys should watch it. It like moments that I never even thought of being funny or even um, sort of poignant uh, really hit Elizabeth Moss. Like fucking steal. I meant to say that earlier. Elizabeth Moss has this line reading of why do you wear black all the time? And she says, I'm in mourning. And he goes, mourning for what? <laughs> for my life <laughs> uh dream roles um all the men besides maybe like dorn in um the doctor in um seagull i'd love to play Tregorn as now especially now that i've seen the cory stoll version i'm like ooh, i could do even weirder shit with that um Treplev has always been my dream role mm, but mm. i'm a little old now but now that you tell me philip seymour hoffman played it in like the early nice. 2000s i'm like well i could do it then um so yeah all of those roles and vanya yeah the show yeah. uh do you guys have any latv spotlights latv oh my god i know do you guys have any hey do you guys have any la theater spotlights? <laughs> yes uh keep an eye out uh sacredfools.org um they just uh we i guess we're all members of sacred fools uh just launched a brand new naked storytelling series is called naked um so check it out also produced and hosted by madeline Hyde. yes correct correct? and then and then friend of the pod deep friend of the pod and then madeline will also be appearing in where uh sacred fools is doing um zoom remounts of recent productions uh and so the value of moscow which is a riff on based on three sisters Oh, and, wow, um, timely. Yours truly will be doing the introduction for that. <clears throat> oh, nice. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, just a, a little brief. I was artistic director when it was first proposed and saw it all the way through multiple years of production and development. And, and so um, Very cool. It, was, it, it was cool. And it's a, it's, it is sincerely a blast. Carrie Kiernan directs it. And it's, yes. you know, Other it's, of the it's, 80, it's 80 minutes of rock and roll gregory guy gordon who's one of my favorite actors in town and uh, it's it's delightful it was great and it's it was uh the second thing i saw at fools before i was a member oh, right uh, on. first thing i saw was uh mr burns oh word okay word. Saw value of moscow and i was like oh yeah i could be part of this theater this is a cool theater yeah <laughs> you guys do good shit um do you have any other sh- uh, shout outs uh may i just say i am the seagull 
Are you the seagull or a seagull? I am. I, the I am. Seagull. I love it. Um, I have a tiny little thing. Uh, it was a charity that I got into this last week. Uh, it is my birthday this weekend, and I just wanted to say, like, if you want, if y'all want a great place to donate to, uh, go to Facing History and Ourselves. Yes, it's your birthday this little... weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're I don't a Leo really care. sister. I just, yeah, I'm a guys, Leo. my birthday's the next week. What? Yeah, really? I didn't know that. Aww. I need to put that in my calendar. Leo buddies. But, yeah. Yes. I just I found that charity this last week and I just thought I just thought it was it's a great place to check out. It's a great place to send your money Yes, to. amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so very much for listening to our episode on Anton Pavlovich Chekhov. We'll be back next week to discuss the works of Annie Baker. It's a new one nice. for a couple of oh us. God. That's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I'm excited. Definitely we're doing two of my favorite, two of the biggest, two of the craziest fucking episodes of all time. Here we go. After Annie Baker, we hit the man himself, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be Colin I'm, Larry I can't again. Uh, I'm not wait. familiar. Oh, you don't know Sondheim? I've never, never uh, heard of him. He, he made I'm Colin the, Larry Schmidt again. He made that Larry, Disney movie with Meryl Streep in it. That's it. Cats? That's all he ever did. Is it cats? cats? I hated that. the one where hated the one where Meryl Streep licks herself at the end, or was that Judy Dench? Doesn't matter. Um, Judy Dench I'm I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, and then after that, we're hitting an even bigger fucking well, bigger. I don't know. We're hitting a, a, a big moment in the podcast and in theater history. Uh, we're waiting. Waiting. We're waiting. Burkett. Samuel Beckett, the one and only. Burkert. Nothing to be done. Nothing. Got him. Um, it's funny. Uh, I can't um, fucking I, wait. One of the it's quotes so when researching Chekhov was like, uh, uh, Chekhov would remain the world's greatest dramatist until Beckett shows up. So I'm oh. like, all right. <laughs> I'm uh, cool with right. that. That's actually, fun. Actually, it's probably pretty fucking We're going to get right? absurd. We're going to get existential. It is true. Ooh, it's In my yeah. opinion, it's true. We're going to get existential as fuck. I love so, yeah. it. Love we'll get it. pumps up. We'll probably got two or three episodes out of Chekhov right here, and then we'll hit Baker Sondheim. Beckett. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. We love you love so fucking y'all. much. Thank you all so much. We'll play a little bit of Pam's song seagull. coming out. So why don't we end this on a nice, on a nice quiet note, guys, because Pam's song is so nice and sweet. And Be kind Be kind. Wear a mask. Be kind Black to me, matter. CJ. Yeah. Be nicer to Scott, CJ. Love you all. Hey, guys. Love. No masks. I mean, wear masks. (laughs) Good night. Defund the police. Later. Black Lives Matter. All of it. It does matter. Sex on the beach is better than sex at home. And uh, as always, uh, watch Chernobyl, comrades. Oh, my God. Jared Harris. He's a cat Would you? Would you lick him? Okay. Yes. That's all I need to know. Married. He's married, CJ. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's really what yeah, I wanted well. to know is would she wreck <laughs> that home? Yes. Cool, me too. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Teach a girl to marry and she'll marry well she will. And I would have married them if Hold you close and keep you safe, my daughter, so you seem. My life is.
It's just a lesson taught The rest seems like a dream A dream I thought I knew just what I wanted But